This is the Business Storytelling Show with Christoph Trapp. Name a top 20 storytelling podcast and a top 5% podcast globally. Christoph chats with thought leaders and experts to share tips and tricks that can help you tell your company's stories better to drive business results. Available wherever you listen to podcasts, live streamed on major social media channels, and part of the DB&A television network, available on most U.S. television sets and streaming on Roku and Amazon Fire. Here's Christoph with today's episode. Let's go. Hey, business storytellers, this is Christoph Trapp here, your host and author of Content Performance Culture, episode 275 on deck. Hope everyone is making it through the holiday season and looking forward to 2021. It'll be here before we know it. Hopefully you have some time that you can take off and go from there. Kick the year off with a bang. All right. So today I want to talk about virtual presentation tips. Uh, What can you do better when you present at conferences virtually? So we have talked about this before. There's more and more virtual conferences. In fact, I get asked to speak at so many. I I, I had to start to um, turn some down because I can't be doing a webinar every day of the week. I I do have a day job. I do have uh, a family. um, I do have things to do. So let's talk about what to keep in mind when it comes to presenting virtually. I'm not talking about some of these standard tips that you've already seen out there, how to look good on a Zoom meeting, et cetera, et cetera. Don't shoot up your nose when it comes to uh, framing yourself. You know, camera straight ahead. My camera a lot of times is off to the side just by the way my office is set up. Um, And that works too. That's fine. But what I'm talking about is, what will the final product look like? And here's what's interesting about that to me. When you speak at a conference, not virtual, but at the conference venue, it's almost always the same. Very, very similar, right? You have a stage, you've got a PowerPoint up, maybe you're in control of how many slides, what slides. Uh, even if you don't have slides, you can just have up one slide. Um, for the whole time, and that's fine. But what I've noticed is when it comes to virtual conferences, we have things that are all over the place. So let me walk you through how virtual conferences work. So one is we have the split screen, and we do have an article over on AuthenticStorytelling.net. I will link to it from the show notes, AuthenticStorytelling.net forward slash virtual hyphen presentation hyphen tips. And you can look at the pictures there of what I'm talking about here. But the the first option is it's split screen. You, PowerPoint. You and the PowerPoint. 50-50 equal partners in crime. Um, But so people can see your PowerPoint, but they can also see you at the same same size. And um, that's actually something to think about. The other options, I'll I'll get back to the future here at the end. Remind me if I forget, (laughs) haha, this is not live. Um, So that's the split screen. And then we have the presenter smaller, deck larger. And this, what happens here is you got a little bitty picture of the presenter, and then you have the deck taken up most of the screen. And the problem that I find with this one is it's too dependent on your deck. And let me, let's be honest. Even if you have a good looking deck, I don't want to look at a deck while you're talking about the one PowerPoint slide 
for three minutes. Just I want to see the people. People relate to people, guys. Seriously, humans relate to humans. Humans don't relate to PowerPoint decks. Now there is some a, a caveat here because guess what? If it's a super technical slide. Sometimes you have to show something visually. I mean, I get it. Sometimes that does happen. Sometimes that's important. But if you just have a slide with a stock art image, what a waste of real estate. Now, sometimes I get it. That's part of um, the platform that we use for the, the conference. But just something to keep in mind as you're picking the different platforms. The split screen, by the way, uh, super easy to do in, uh, I use Switcher Studio um, to, to do the one that's in here. Um, you can record, you can stream directly to it, um, and, and that one does work for that. This other one, which um, I have a screenshot in here, that's the one they used at um, Content Tech Summit and Content Marketing World. And I don't hate it to the extent how I hate the one where you have the little picture and a huge PowerPoint. This one is actually pretty good. And the reason is because it has the chapter uh, links on the left. So I can go to the left and I can click on a chapter of what you're talking about and I can skip ahead. So I can skip the intro if I already know you, I can skip sections if I already know everything um, I think I wanna know about that section and move forward. Now this is, uh, we did have a episode with um, uh, with that company, um, Knovio.com. I talked to their chief content officer. Um, that was episode 257. So if you go back, uh, whatever that is, 28 days, so about a month, uh, that's, that's where you can listen to that show. Um, the one thing that I found interesting about that uh, technology is you have to be aware how it's going to be displayed because I'm not a PowerPoint whiz. I'm not a big fan of PowerPoints. So I kind of rush through them, get them done, get the bare minimum, quite frankly. Um, I don't try to use uh, um, uh, too many uh, stock art images, you know, like um, this makes my audience happy. So I have a picture of some unrelated happy woman, not my style, seriously. But anyway, I didn't realize, I knew about the platform, but I didn't necessarily realize how it gets pulled together. So I didn't have the right chapter headings really. And I'm guessing the chapter headings are just the section titles, but I don't know. I didn't ask, I don't remember seeing it. My point is I should have asked. And this is really the takeaway here. As you're thinking about speaking at a virtual conference, find out what the system is, find out how it looks. There's a big difference between giving a keynote, this is offline now, a keynote and doing a round table, right? So just something to think about, uh, make sure you ask, and I, I probably could have done that a little better and uh, probably would have. Then of course, the next option we have PowerPoint only. So this is probably the worst one, honestly. I mean, this is even worse than just having a little picture and then, um, and then the big PowerPoint of uh, from the presenter. And this, you don't even see the presenter. You can't even make a connection. I mean, you might as well listen to a podcast, seriously, right? Because most PowerPoint decks, they're not technical enough to truly be needed. They are there 
to complement the complement the, the rest of the presentation. So just something to think about. Uh, how do we make that? Um, you know, what's the setup if you're speaking? So if it's a PowerPoint only, you probably need to get it designed, look really good, and, and maybe even have. Uh, I listened to Guy. I think it's Guy Yaliv. I don't remember how to pronounce his last name. At a conference a few years ago, we spoke together on a panel, and he had a ton of slides, and every slide was like four seconds, five seconds. I mean, super quick, super quick. So of course, the problem is now you got to build that slide deck. So again, you got to pick your battles. But but his slides moved and moved and moved. So if you use that kind of model, in your that's your style. Um, this could work, but for me. Who actually, um, you know, I uh, I have a lot of interaction with my audience, which I get it. It's harder and harder when they're not right in front of you, but now they can't see me. Not really a good model for me, even though um, I'll make it work if that's the only way to do it. Then the other one, I'm not necessarily saying this one is good either, but it's good to know I did the presenter only, so there was no PowerPoint. It was just me talking. Did help. Did hold up the book a couple times, and um, you know, there's kind of, that's kind of how that went. Um, but it is important to ask. It's also important to find out what the event planners expectations are. What do they like? What don't they like? Um, are they going to nitpick your PowerPoint to death? Um, typically if that's the case, unless they pay me, I'm not even interested because it just takes too much time, quite frankly. Um, and, you know, a lot of these talks, they're similar talks for different audiences. So it's not like I create the deck from scratch. And, you know, sometimes people ask you to add um, some, some stock art images. Sometimes I do that, but it's really not on brand. You know, of course, you can always update stock, stock art images. Um, also, it's good to understand the technology. How will people interact with you? Is there Q&A? Who monitors, monitors that? Is it during the session? If I'm in front of a live audience, I can, of course, see them when they have questions and I can have a conversation. So it's just good to know how that works. Really quickly, the other thing to think about is um, who's going to do the introduction. I have been at conferences where I thought somebody was going to do it and then nobody did. So I introduced myself. So I do always have a little slide up at the beginning um, where I can do that if I need to. The other thing is if you send an introduction to somebody to read, make sure you sent them like a TV script, right? Something that's actually readable. Um, I was moderating a track at a conference a couple of years ago and all these long, long uh, introductions. They were super hard to read. I mean, seriously. And they were not written to be read. They were written to be um, read quietly to yourself, right? They weren't written to be announced, so to speak. Um, do phonetic spelling. So Christoph Trapp, for example, would be Chris, and then a new word, TOF, T-O-F-F, TRAP, T-R-A-P. And so highlight, uh, bold some of the key phrases. Um, it really should be like a TV script, right? So if you're going to say, Christoph was born in 1965, which I wasn't, but if that was the year, you'd spell that out because that's easier for people to do. So just something to think about. Um, that's another problem. Of course, the future. Um, I do think the future will be full virtual reality. So for example, I'm right here in my 
office and I, I'm being, I shoot my presentation in VR, that's doable, very doable now, just with an iPhone. And um, the camera that I mentioned, uh, let's see, I do a 360 Nano. Uh, we do have a link in here in the article. You can just put that on your phone, not a big deal, no problem, um, good to go. And then at the conference, you know, the people sitting at home, they can watch live with their headset on. So it's almost like they're sitting there with you. Of course, the problem today is my office, it's a good size, but I'm I'm not on a stage, right? It's not necessarily set up like you can sit around me, even though there's a couch in my office and there is a good amount of room, but it's not like a stage. So um, it's just something to think about. How do we make that actually useful? Um, so you can already do that. You can already do a virtual reality event that is shot in uh, VR. So that's possible. Uh, get the camera. It's like 180 bucks or something like that. Currently, it was down to 72 at one point. So it kind of goes up and down. Um, but that is a way to to do that down the road. And I did actually. I, I do have a video in here. Uh, last year or two years ago, when I spoke at uh, Des Madrid, I shot that talk in VR. Now it's kind of boring, right? It's just people sitting around, and I put the camera in the middle of the audience. But you can literally just look around the room and listen to me, um, and then you can also see who's looking bored and who's enjoying themselves and that kind of thing. So um, we're getting there. But the key takeaway is, as you're doing virtual presentations at conferences, there are some tips that you want to keep in mind and that you want to make sure that you use and you're aware how it's going to work with that particular conference because there's all these systems out there. Some people use Zoom, some people use Switcher, some people use webinar, uh, WebEx or whatever it's called, uh, GoToWebinars. Um, some people use something totally different. There's Hey Summit, there's other tools. So just be aware how it works and then try to figure out a way to adjust your presentation to work for that specific audience. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Business Storytelling Podcast. Today we have episode 276, Should You Really Be Doing Influencer Marketing? Uh, with my good friend, Jason Falls. He is the host of the Winfluence Podcast. Um, he'll fill us in on that topic. And of course, um, keep an eye out for his latest book, 276, should you really be doing influencer marketing on deck tomorrow? Probably less than 24 hours by the time you listen to this. Um, really appreciate you tuning in. If you have any guest recommendations, drop me an email. Ctrap at gmail.com. Always happy to consider people that have stories to ask them to come on the show and share them with all of us. We can learn together. We can grow together. We can be better together. Until next time. That's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in. Please rate and review our show on your favorite podcast channels. And don't forget to share this episode with your networks. We appreciate you. Until next time, let the best stories win. Stories win.